0: You're listening to Off The Bench with Benny Jones and Gary Belcher for First Choice Liquor for all your liquor needs.
1: And welcome to Off The Bench. Great to have your company. Uh, the week has disappeared as they tend to do all too quickly. Lots to discuss. Lots going on in the world of sport. And this
0: man can't wait to talk about some of it. Not all of it, but some of it. Gary Belcher. I want to say as well, Benny, um, you've had a, a, good, a big week. Your, your research, your interviews, you've... Lined up, um, you know. Even today, uh, talking about um, you know what's going on in the world of NRL, and I threw a bit of stuff on you about the uh, about the All Star Games. Yes, so you yeah. found out kick- all you've got a list of all of the yeah. trials. In front of me, I hadn't even seen this. Nothing um, but the best I mean, for you, Batch. Quite been into, yeah. Haven't quite been into NRL, mode. Well, it's January. And now that I look at this, I'm yeah. going. It's oh, um, <laughs> it's it's not far off. No, no. They start on the what mid Feb. Yeah, Friday, 15th, the Friday 15th.
1: Feb 15. We will talk a bit about that uh, that game, the All Stars game, because it's the the Maori All Stars up against the. Indigenous All Stars, which I'm fascinated by, that uh, is in fact a double header. Uh, the women will be playing a game prior to that uh, at Amy Park as well. So, look mm. a few of those troll games we'll definitely discuss, and a few of the NRL bits and pieces shortly. But uh, Happy yeah, Australia nice to Day! Talk some nice NRL. Yeah, yeah, it will be. Yeah, exactly. None of the off field drama. Happy Australia Day, long weekend to all of our listeners as we sink our teeth into that. But uh, looking back on the week that's been. Uh, actually, I'm going to start on a positive. Stuff it. I was going to talk about the Matildas off the top, but that's that not very positive. What about the run of Ash Barty? That's been a lot of yeah. fun over
0: the past week and a half. It was amazing. You know, she uh, she met a match, of course, uh, in the quarterfinals. Yes. But um, great to see how Ash went. And uh, there's such a big future for her, such a bright future for her. And, uh, you know, we all have had a lot of uh, negativity around Australian's tennis, the men's tennis, in yeah. the last few years. Great not to talk about that, and to be talking about Ash and these other stars, potential stars of the future, uh, in you know Alex Bolt and uh, young Popperin. Ale- Alexi Poprin, yep, um, Alex Dimonor. plenty of them. Yeah,
1: yeah, going great. And and uh, look, Ash, just this her personality, it sort of draws you in. She's a really, really fun person, and, and, and look, doesn't take life too seriously. Takes her tennis very seriously, Didn't have much fun. No, Kvitova, who's um, now into the final, of course, um, was just on that night. And unfortunately, Ash couldn't do a great deal about it. But it's not the last time we'll see her in the second week of a slam. She
0: needs to buy herself a rack. Not a racket, a rack. A rack. Oh, she just needs about you know to stretch herself about oh, a another rack. four or five <laughs> like the inches. Like a stretching rack, like so the just old. So stretch yourself out. I, like, if you I get on that every night, I think they were outlawed. Can you in make the, yourself in, taller? I think they were outlawed in the 1700s. The Longer? <laughs> can you do that? Well, <laughs> uh, that was that was yeah. that was a big advantage. That.
2: No, Patrick
1: Kavitova had. But she had some moments in the second set where you thought, oh, just a break here, but no, couldn't get it done. And look, amazing effort nonetheless for Ash Barty. And look, Sam Stoker. Dylan Orcott's another one I want to mention. Uh, the, the, the wheelchair tennis. He's been um, going great guns in that. It's, yeah. getting, it's getting some really good exposure I'm actually uh, enjoying on telling.
0: I'm enjoying his commentary. I, uh, I like hosted him. a function uh, that Dylan spoke at uh, middle of last year and he was excellent. Just, yeah. just a, a fantastic guy. Uh, and it was he was so interesting oh, uh, such a, yeah. a life that he's had a, a tough life, but it, you know he's made it into something special, so it was yeah to actually when you meet people like that yep. um or you, you or you're touched a little bit by them. It's amazing how much you want them to perform well. And he was he was really good the other night when I saw him.
1: Absolutely. Uh, really, talk about likeable personalities. He's certainly got one of those. So, yeah, the tennis. We'll be catching up with Brett Phillips a little bit later on in the program to preview some big nights ahead. Uh, let's talk about uh, – well, again, I'm going to hold off on the Matildas a little bit longer. But, well, the next big thing, apparently, in Australian cricket, and he may well turn out to be but – but and get a game, Will Pukowski? Jai Richardson. No, no, we'll, we'll get to Jai shortly. Great <laughs> debut for Jai. But Will Pekofsky, uh, were you surprised that after yeah. all of the hype and a lot of the publicity surrounding him in that 15-man squad that um, he didn't make the final? Yeah, I
0: am. It? I really am. And uh, after I'd um, also read comments from Crash Craddock, uh, journalist for the Courier Mail, uh, talking about the fact that they, they had an opportunity to blood him. I, I think... Before Curtis Patterson came along and whacked out a couple of not-out centuries against Sri Lanka in the the, the tour game, game, I think he was in. I think he was in. And then he threw a spanner in the works, did Curtis Patterson. But the point from Crash was there's never going to be a better time to blood him ahead of You don't want to take him over there to England and throw him to the Wolves. Now, perhaps that's what's going to happen, and it sounds like he's going to survive anyway, but... Give him a chance. I'd love yeah. to see him get a go in the, yeah. the in the second. There's only these two tests against Sri Lanka. Maybe he will. Canberra, the second Hope test, so. maybe comes
1: in. Uh, and, and I think Michael Vaughan and also Shane Warren echoed similar sentiments to Crash, saying that, look, this was the chance for Australian selectors to be bold, be brave, mm. give the kid a go and, and see whether he sinks or swims. Well, whoever scores
0: the least runs in <laughs> total out, in both innings <laughs> in the top six Aussie batsmen, you're out. That's Oof. just it. Out comes the hook.
1: Go on. Hey, uh, let's quickly uh, whip through some NRL bits and pieces. Hey, Greg Inglis, what's um? We know he announced recently that uh, he's got two years left in the game. Yeah,
0: and one year in rep footy. Yep. And then he's his uh, second year. And I'm, I actually told my wife that uh, this morning, and she broke down. She's it's his favorite player. Oh, really? She doesn't watch a lot of NRL unless it's a big game. But she loves GI, but all I have to do is say GI's playing, and she downs tools. Everything. Yeah. She's there, she's yep. there. Yep. So you know, oh, I said he's only got a couple. Well. So that'll get her through. She'll be right, but um, <laughs> he's having problems with his, he's had these dodgy knee issues. So yeah, talk is now, that yeah. uh, he's going to be fine, but he will. He's very unlikely to play in any trials. Yeah, uh, I think he's done that a few times over the years. Hit yeah. the ground running in the first first uh, week, uh, and. It's another reason why he probably doesn't play fullback.
1: No, and it reminds me of the saying, Badge, you don't take the Ferrari out on a Monday. You leave it in the garage till the weekend when it's needed. I know that, I know. there's an element of needing yep. to get we that match fitness, it. but you don't, yeah, exactly. So, look, as long as he gets himself right for round one. Hey, um, we we spoke Troll Games, and, and they are starting Friday, Feb uh, 15. Uh, the Yields and Raiders will be playing one uh, on the same night as the Indigenous and Maori All-Stars, who are going to go head-to-head um, this will be a beauty, Amy Park. I, mm. I reckon it'll be a massive crowd just, just to watch what should be some really fun footy played between these two very it'll, it'll
0: electric be huge they, they draw really good uh, crowds at Amy with the uh – uh when when the, the, the Kiwis play there a lot. Yeah. The Anzac test is That's right. Uh, sorry, the Anzac Warriors match, uh, Warrior match Storm. is Warriors Storm mm. every well, one of there's a couple yeah. every year. Yep. Uh and yeah, to have this game um the, the Indigenous All Stars and Maori All Stars, I think it's a great idea. Yep. At Amy Park. Um bit of a blow for the uh, Maori team. We've got to say it like that for mm. Scotty Sattler. He loves that. Yep. Uh, ever since he married a Kiwi, you've got to <laughs> speak like that. <laughs> He's one. absorbed the culture, yeah. Um yep. Yeah, so he's had to pull out uh, Dallin a Zalesniak, okay. He's been very, very good the mm. last 12 months. Uh, and the captain of the Kiwis. Yep. Uh, but he's said... won't be uh, playing. Uh, he won't be playing.
1: Okay. Uh, be playing. Uh, Paul Green, Peter Parr, what have they been up to?
0: Apparently they've been hanging out with the Aussie cricketers. Justin Just hanging Langer out? And or co- doing, oh. doing some work in the...
1: In, in the period of time, so this is it a bit of? We hear a lot of coaches that will go to other sports. Other do coaches. it as
0: a, as a bit of a learning experience. Yeah. See how things work in the yeah. inner sanctum, and like um, how do they? Yeah, how do they pass their messages on? What yep. uh, what sort of um, yeah systems they have in place? So I imagine they'd be all the they're very very uh, studious men, both Paul mm. Green and. Mm. Peter Parr and uh yeah, if 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 there's just one little thing you can take back to your club. Absolutely. If there's a benefit to it, it why and, not? And I wouldn't be surprised if Justin Langer has picked their brain a little bit too, coming from yep. a a very different sport. But mm. once again, they're in a in a high profile sport that um the success is is really the only uh,
1: currency. And the spotlight is firmly on them at pretty much all times. Uh, I don't know how much homework the Roosters have been doing of late, but they've certainly been racking up the frequent fly what points to that? defending yeah, Premiers. We
0: spoke about this earlier. The week. They're, they're in Queenstown this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, they went to Vegas. They were chanting Vegas, Vegas at, after they at, won the Premiership. Yeah, of course. Uh, and I think they were reminding Nick Pilates and co that they <laughs> were on a promise. I wonder if that for some ridiculous reason, that's going to was apparently going to count on the salary cap because it was yeah. some sort of incentives for him. Right? Can't we go over the top yeah. there? <laughs> um, but they've got they're they're in uh, Queenstown as in a training camp. They are also then playing, of course, against the Wigan Warriors in the World Club Championship. That's on the seventeenth of Feb. It's only um, what three weeks away, and yep. uh, but. While they're there The week leading up to that um, Their coach Trent Robinson Has spent a fair bit of time In France Coached over there Married a uh, A French lass And What would you call it A French lass You wouldn't say lass That's If she was Uh, Scottish French lady Yeah yeah, French woman French woman Yeah (laughs) <laughs> uh, speaks French himself, and he's taking yeah. the lads, there. Mademoiselle. They're a uh, Mademoiselle. Yeah. They are going. To, I don't know if she's a. Mademoiselle, no, probably not. <laughs> not of the night they're going to go and spend yeah. some time in Paris, and also to the battlefields uh, made famous by the diggers um, on the Somme. Somme. Yep amazing, yeah. amazing experience that would be. Oh, absolutely. So they're going to do that in the lead-up to, okay. uh, to the match.
1: Wow. They've all, got bits kind of, going on. It yeah. kind of
0: makes the match not as important, doesn't it? <laughs> it feels that it way, way, doesn't be, it? for me.
1: Uh, so there you go. A little uh, snippet of what's going on in the NRL. Uh, that'll really start to ramp up league news as we get towards those troll games starting in just a few weeks' time. Uh, this is Off the Bench. Up next, Jeff Fennick, our chat from earlier in the week with oh. the great man who, who had a little dabble in some league at one stage. He
0: did. He did. And, uh, and, and he's training uh boxes at the moment he's done a hell of a lot in a in a short uh period of time jeff fennec and he's got oh, some yeah. regrets he's yeah. got some big regrets some, about
1: some nilly moments in yeah, his, his career well
0: and also about you know the way he uh, he acted at times but yeah. um yeah very open and honest chat this
1: it was it was really good and i hope you're going to enjoy it because it's coming up for you next for first choice liquor uh it's jeff fennec uh, part of our aussie icons of sport interview series that's next here on the program you're listening to off the bench
0: You're listening to Off The Bench with Benny Jones and Gary Belcher for First Choice Liquor for all your liquor needs.
1: And welcome back to the program. Great to have your company as you listen to us. When I say us, Badger and myself, Gary Belcher, Betty Jones, do our thing here on Off the Bench, talking all things the wonderful world of sport. It's been a massive week and a huge weekend awaits us. We're looking forward to getting stuck into it with basketball. We've got the cricket. We've got the A-League, amongst many other things, and the countdown towards the NRL and AFL preseasons. It's actually not that far away. A couple of weeks and we're into some trial games, the JLT. uh, AFLW gets underway shortly, so, yeah, plenty. Plenty to sink our teeth into over coming weeks and months. But in the more immediate future, as far as this weekend is concerned, going to find out what Badger's looking forward to uh, across the next 48 hours a little later on in the program. But through the week on Sports Day, we caught up with uh, one of uh, the iconic Australian sporting names in the world of boxing. But you could probably push that a little further and say in general uh, when you talk about sport through the late 80s and the early to mid 90s. Uh, There were a few bigger names than one Jeffrey Fennec. The Marrick Vermauler, an absolute superstar who took out uh, no less than three world titles across three different divisions. Very nearly a fourth. We'll talk about that with Jeff a little bit later on. But as part of our Aussie Sporting Icons series of interviews, thanks to Red Energy, we caught up with Jeff. It was a great chat. We covered all bases, the start of his career in boxing, obviously the glory days, the world titles, retirement. Working with Mike Tyson, amongst other things, and of course what he's currently doing in the field of boxing, looking after the future superstars of the sport. So sit back, relax, and enjoy over two parts. Here is our chat from Sports Day earlier in the week with the one and only Jeffrey Fennick.
3: Another warning there to Fennick to stop pushing. He's hitting it. Will now the tie? The boxer is down, it's He's out. He's down. finished. It's, it's over. over. Fennick
2: is the winner. Fennick is the world champion. Sensational finish to this fight oh
1: well he was famed for it uh, and speaking of famed well he's in the hall of fame boxing australian sporting hall of fame international boxing hall of fame and when it comes to australian sporting icons well they don't get much more iconic than this gentleman uh, one of our favorites and always very generous with his time on this program thanks to red energy the 100 australian energy retailers the one and only Marrickville mauler jeffrey Fennick joins us on sports day uh, jeff thanks so much for your time on the program
2: Always a pleasure guys
1: A pleasure Hey uh, mate
2: Just straight off the top
1: and, and we'll probably revisit this A little later on in the chat When we talk about Your uh, your current involvement with, with boxing And some of the next generation Of superstars Very recently back from Thailand For a couple of weeks A bit of a camp over there How was it mate um, And, and uh, was it all work And a little bit of play
2: Ah uh, no look We you know I am um, You know I go out and have Beautiful dinners there And stuff But no it was work For me really And i got got um, You know A couple of young guys Who are coming through The ranks really really well i he was in a moment, young, um, you might remember, Nader Hamden, somebody who I trained, who mm. fought for the World title. 40s in my days. Well, his young son here, uh, Hass, is here with me training and um, an amazing prospect, getting better and better. He just came back and uh, spent uh, um, a good uh, two weeks in Thailand with me um, thanks to his company he works for. People see uh, Carpentry and stuff. They sent him over to, to get better. He's come back so much better. It's amazing. He's going to maybe have his last amateur fight, and then he'll turn pro very soon. But him and Brock Jarvis and the, and the mm. team, we had a, a great camp over there. It was amazing.
0: Yeah. Well, I want to go back, Jeff, um, to when you first started out and your trainer, Johnny Lewis. You know, you, it, 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 have you taken a lot of what you learned under Johnny and Johnny's ways, uh, into your own training?
2: Um, yeah, look, um, <laughs> to be honest, Bill, you know, we don't, we don't talk to Johnny and I, which is, uh, pretty sad. But, you know, the, the greatest thing that I, I learned from Johnny, and um, was, uh, was, um, you know, the, to love these young guys and to give them everything uh, that I can and um, to make sure they respect me as a person. And, um, you know, these kids are, you know, um, uh, yeah, they're they're just so great. I mean, for me, um, every time I watch them improve, it's like, uh, I don't know, it's like somebody's giving me a a dessert every day. I just just love watching the boys Mm -hmm. get better and I love giving them my time because they give me uh, back in return, you know, 110% energy and and effort. So it's been really good, mate. I really enjoy it. Talking about Johnny Lucy I, I learned a lot from Johnny and them. Um, hopefully, um the the great traits I learned from it, I can I can, um, them put into these young kids.
0: Yeah, well, it, you know, the best trainers, best coaches I've ever had. You, you wanted to you wanted to play from, you wanted to fight from. I imagine so. You, no doubt you're on the right track, mate. I, I want to go back to that when you really first hit the big time, as far as Australians are concerned, is when well well back in the '84 Olympics yep. before you turned professional. Does that still hurt? You know, you got you, you had a decision that went your way, and then it was. It was overturned. It was just such a yeah. such a shock. Does that still hurt?
2: You know, sometimes I think of a belt, and I just think that recently they're all talking about this, this, this great fighter, this Lomachenko, and I look at his career. He had he had 390-something amateur fights, and um, he had, you know, he won, well, he just broke my record because my record um, was in the shortest period of time winning uh, three world titles in uh, 20 fights. He won in, thir- in his 13th, I think, mm. but like I said, he had 300 or 400 amateur fights I had 24 amateur fights. I mean, i had boxed for 196 days. I was undefeated when I won my third world title. He's been defeated. So, I mean, I just, sometimes I wonder, um, you, know, um, you know, again, if I had good hands, how much more I could have done. But, um, Everything that happens, I think, happens for a reason. It's made me a better person today. It's made me a much better teacher. I don't call myself a coach. I call myself a teacher. I try to show these kids how to do things properly. And uh, I just love what I'm doing at the moment.
1: Hey, Jeff, uh, and taking it back uh, again, I, I, I hear a lot in uh, even modern days, uh, kids, young men, uh, even young girls that go off the rails a little bit, uh, whether it's issues at home or issues at school, they they, they find their way into boxing and it, and it turns their lives around. D- did you have something similar, I suppose, in your early days. As a, as a young kid I know you dabbled at a bit of rugby league but then obviously boxing just did it sort of turn your life around a bit?
2: Oh well i played rugby league all my life and no disrespect to boxing but if I could have been a first grade rugby league player <laughs> representing Australia I would give all my belts away but yeah. then, look I was just blessed I was just blessed that I found boxing and then and I'm, I'm, I'm a true story. I, I have no doubt in my mind whatsoever I'd either be in jail today or dead if it wasn't for boxing and then yeah, it's, it's it's a sport that gives you great discipline, and like I said, if you've got a great teacher and a great mentor, mm. um, it's something that you you really love. And you, you know, unless you give a hundred percent, you don't really get much back out of it. And I was one of those kids that I think that I gave more than a hundred percent. I gave you yeah, everything plus I gave more, and that's why I was so successful.
1: Uh, we know that early on, uh, particularly even uh, through those early stages of your professional fighting career, Jeff, you were you were famed for just getting your fights done and dusted. Pretty early, first 11 pro wins by knockout, attacking from the outset. Was that something that that, that Johnny had a big influence on, or was that just instinct, uh, part of your style? As soon as that bell went, you were straight into it.
2: Yeah, definitely it was my style, but Johnny had a great influence on it because um, he made me feel that I was the fittest guy out there. Mm. I I don't don't know. um, People who know me, when I was at my peak, I could run 10K in just 30 and a half minutes. You know, I get... Yeah, you know, I could do a lot of different things. I was, like I said, I played a lot of different sports. I was growing up, like I played basketball, I played rugby league, and I just, know just, I always wanted to, because I was the smallest guy in the team. I just wanted to be the best, and and I, I wasn't always that as a rugby league player, but I always gave my best. And um, when I was in a sport that, um, you know, had to, uh, you, you had to be the same weight to fight. I just excelled. I mean, like release release, when, when you weigh forty-eight kilos when you're eighteen years old, and somebody weighs eighty-eight, and uh, you, you lose the advantage. When I was the same weight as everybody and, and super fit and strong, I, I had a great advantage in them. Um, I used it to my fullest.
0: Did you chuckle to yourself, Jeff, that people were saying because because you were knocking everyone out in those early fights, and including those couple of world title fights against um, Shingaki? Did you chuckle when there was people saying, "Oh, we don't, we're not sure he's fit enough to go to the twelve rounds"? <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, what? <laughs> Wrong belt. It was 15 back then, 15? Of course yeah, it was. Yeah, Jeez. yeah, yeah. When I fought Steve McCorry, it was 14 rounds. When I fought Jerome Coffey, it went 15 rounds. So um, it was a funny thing because I remember Tony Mundine and all these people saying, ah, look, you've got to go with the champion because he's won the rounds before. But, you know, belt, what you got to realise, and you know this because you're a rugby league player, preparation's everything. I boxed 15 rounds 100 times in the gym, so... Oh, well, not 100 back then, but I boxed a lot of times. So I was ready. I knew I could do whatever it took to, to be world champion. I was ready to do it. If, if it meant doing 15 rounds and then doing 15 straight after, I, I was ready for that. So, um, yeah, look, I, when I think of a I do chuckle because people just didn't know who I was and didn't know how hard I worked, how hard I trained. So um, they always, you know, they, they look at fights and think, oh, that's the first time he's fought fifty rounds. How's he going to do it? But like I said, um, Johnny Lewis was a, a genius that we prepared. We were, we were very ready to fight 15 rounds. In my first professional fight, you know, so there aren't many people that have their first fight as a 10-rounder. My first fight was a 10-rounder, so um, mm. although I knocked the guys out, you know, my, my seventh fight went the ninth round. That was a 15-rounder, and then um, my twelfth fight against Jerome Coffey um, went 15 rounds. Then my next fight against Steve McCrory went 14 rounds, so I, I, was, I was ready for it. And, mm. you know, like I said, I was doing it with, with very, very bad, bro- badly broken hands, so it was, it was tough.
1: So more from Jeff Fennec after the break. You're listening to Off the Bench for First Choice Liquor for all your liquor needs. I'm really intrigued, and something you're going to want to stick around for is uh, Jeff discussing his time with the one and only Iron Mike Tyson. Pretty polarising figure, to say the least, but, uh, yeah, Jeffrey had some real close-up, first-hand experience of certainly a different take on one Mike Tyson. That comes from Jeff Fennec himself, and we'll have that for you on the other side of this break. You are listening to Off the Bench.
0: You're listening to Off The Bench with Benny Jones and Gary Belcher for First Choice Liquor for all your liquor needs.
1: And welcome back for First Choice Liquor. Benny Jones, Gary Belcher here with you off the bench as we gear up for another massive weekend. In fact, it's Australia Day Day. Long weekend of some absolute world-class sports. Cricket, soccer, basketball in there as well. Not only the Test match, the Big Bash starting to get to its pointy end. The Women's Big Bash final on this weekend as well. The Brisbane Heat-Sydney Sixers. Good luck to both sets of girls there. Hopefully it's a classic like the semi-finals were as well. And plenty going on overseas as well in the world of sport as the Asian Cup continues. Of course, Premier League action. What else have we got going on? The NBA. It's hard to keep up with it all. Uh, Earlier on in the week, though, we took a little pause from what. What's happening right now in the world of sport to go back in time and look uh, to a real glorious period of Australian boxing. I'm talking sort of that, uh, well, mostly the 80s, early part of the 90s, right through until the time Costa Zoo came onto the scene as well, lest Ellis was heavily involved. But of course, around that uh, turn of the decade, late 80s, early 90s, there was one man and one man who was taking the boxing world by storm. A proud Aussie. We know him affectionately as the Marrickville Mauler. His name was Jeffrey Fenwick. We uh, had part one of our chat with Jeff through the week on Sports Day just a few moments ago. Here's part two. And as I said, a really intriguing and somewhat fascinating insight into the mind and the world of Iron Mike Tyson, who Jeff did a little work with uh, in the mid part of the 2000s. So uh, sit back and enjoy that. Here's part two of our chat with the one
0: and only Jeff Fennick. How do you look back at those fights Against Azuma Nelson because I mean I I remember how filthy I was and how filthy all the Aussies yeah. were when the, the fight yeah. in Vegas was was called a draw and it, for all of us obviously you 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 beat him but how, how do you look back on those that fight and then and then the sub, subsequent fights?
2: I look at it, I look at it two ways and when you think of it again today and um, just recently I heard um um Floyd Mayweather he was on a, some a Facebook or Instagram or something saying how he won four world titles in 10 years and will never be done. Well, like when I won my fourth world title, it was in my sixth year and I was mm-hmm. undefeated like he was. And, um, and when I think of it now, when I go over the Belch, I think, well, you, you really nothing's going to change. You can't change it. So you, you, you use it all as a positive and experience. And I tell people that um, it was mostly the best thing that happened to me because um, I'd never lost before. When the Zuma finally beat me after the draw, um, I think I learned a lot. I learned who my real friends were. I, I learned who I was because... Um, I thought I was invincible. I thought nobody could beat me. And then something happens, and all this adversity happens, and you, you start losing people who you thought were your friends. They're not with you. And Johnny yeah. Lewis had a famous saying. He said, "When, you, when, when we used to win, we, we couldn't move in the dressing room. When we lost, we could uh, we could toss a pig by the tail and spin it <laughs> around. And we had plenty of room in there." So, like I said, it's all an experience. And to be honest, um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm happy I lost because I'm a much better person today because I lost and I've experienced. I knew what to go through rather than being undefeated and being that cocky guy that I was when mm. I was undefeated three-time world champion. I don't really even like that person I was back then, Beltray. Although I had great fame and fortune and everything, but um, you know, I, I got everything I wanted for nothing. You know, you know I've kind of think of the people that are out there today with nothing, and um, you know they can't walk in a restaurant and get something for nothing because nobody knows them. Because mm. I was Jeff Finnick, and you know, I got everything for nothing. So yeah, in in a way, it, it's been a great lesson for me, and um, something that I I feel I'm a better person for because I I love to help people. Today, and, and what makes me the happiest today is. Me being able to give people a great glass of wine when I'm having one, or me being able to make people happy by spending time with them and their family. So yeah, I think losing really um shaped me and made me a better person.
1: Yeah, that's a great way to look at things, champ. Uh, Thirty-three professional fights, twenty-nine wins, uh, and twenty-one of those by knockout. Was there was there one that stands out, Jeff? I mean, obviously, I'd imagine that the first ever world title at bantamweight level would be up there, but a fight where just from second one right through to the the closing punch, we just thought. Yeah, that that was almost as close to perfection in boxing as I'll ever get. Was there a standout?
2: Yeah, definitely. So when I fought smart Packeroon, mm. um, I, 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 was, I of course, I got it was near perfect. But when I fought Victor Kalajus, you guys got to realise that a week before I broke my, um, I broke my hand, and um, I used one hand for the majority of the fight. After you know the little needles I got had worn out, and um, mm. because of the adrenaline and stuff, and um, I used one hand in the fight. And I just think to be the caliber of that guy who was ready. Been world champion once, and I've ever been beaten once. Knocked all the great fighters out to beat him the way I did with, with Sam. Just one hand was a, an amazing performance, and to, to when you watch the fight and you see how dirty it was, where he hit me low and he broke my nose in the second round with a with a crazy full out headbutt that the referee really let let go for the whole fight. And yeah, so when I think of all my fights, and I, I very very proud of my third world title. Yeah,
0: I bet you are. Now, Benny Jones might not know this, Jeff, but you actually had a crack with the Parramatta Eels in rugby league. What, what, yes. what made you do that? Why did you choose the Eels? How do you, how do you look back at that um, period in your life? <laughs> you
2: well, know, I, I said all everyone ever all everyone wanted to do was be a rugby league player. When I retired from, from yeah. boxing, I you know, retired not because of my hands. I had problems with my promoter Bill Morty, and other things. And anyway, but um, when I finally got this opportunity and um, to play, I would have, you know. I would have loved to have run on for South, but I didn't want to take Mario out position. So, no. but um, yeah, yeah, I hope you're listening, Canada. But um, but no, um, I got this opportunity, and mate, I love Parramatta. I love my my favourite all-time players were Sterlow and Ray Price, and going back to Ray Higgs and Graham Molling, I love Parramatta, Ron Hilditch, and I, yeah, when I got that opportunity, I just jumped at it, and um, yeah, I I loved it. I mean, I I wouldn't change anything. The best thing that I done was retire for a while because I got to play a couple of games of rugby league, which I love, and um, yeah, I um, yeah, like I said. It sounds crazy, but uh, let me play <laughs> first grade for the New Down Jets. Let me, uh, yeah, and I'll, I'll give all my belts away. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, you didn't, you didn't, you're not going to die wondering, are you? So you went and actually had a, no, had a crack.
2: Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, listen, I played, I played Matthew Shield, I played Jersey League for two years, I played SG Ball for two years. So I loved rugby league, and I, I always knew that. You know, I, I didn't know when I was going to grow, but if I was a little bigger, I, I, I may have got graded. Like I played with Michael Speechley and Bronco De Jura and the Beaufields. And all those guys, they all got greater but I, Of course, they were much bigger than I mean, me. Like I said, when I was eighteen, remember I went to the Olympics when I was nineteen, and I weighed fifty-one kilos—not mm. N- the ideal weight to play rugby league. You <laughs> no, know? So yeah, all good.
0: Definitely, no. definitely not. And I got on, as a side note, I've never been brave enough to jump in the ring because I, I look at what you guys do and just go, <laughs> yeah. "You are—you got to be kidding yourself." And, and you, if there was a time you supported Queensland, I know you're involved, and ah, are you still no,
2: believe it? Believe you're still on, you're on the, the fence there, there or, or what? <laughs> nah, well, yeah. I'm, of course, I'm on the fence, but I love Queensland. I mean. Dan Staines lived with me. I, my, listen, the best man I've ever met in rugby league, Dick Posser Turner, and um, you know, uh,
0: yeah.
2: to be to be in that camp all those years with those guys with Wally and you know, put them through their paces and and have talks to them and be around Alfie. Alfie's my great friend. today. Teddy Walters, all those guys are my great friends. And um, yeah, to be around those guys was amazing. And I look at I look at uh, rugby league today and how much more you know, boxing is is involved in. And i um, you know, I've seen last year New, New South Wales State of Origin training with. Doing some boxing with a couple of the young boxers. I mean, uh, it's it's great. I mean, I've helped Robbie Farah and the boys have done something with Jause over the last couple of years, but mate, yeah, being a being a part of that Queensland side was amazing and well, I just can't believe how many great players were in that side and, and how they all so you know they, they all, all such great mates and they're such level headed. Mm. I mean, um, you know, I mean I know a lot of people talk about Wayne Bennett and stuff today, but when I look at Wayne Bennett I think he's the greatest coach ever because to have those so many great players with such great skills and to be able to keep them level-headed and make them do their job every week, it would be the hardest job in the world and he'd done it for a long, long time. So I take my hat off to Wayne Bennett.
0: Does Alfie ring you? In the, late at night. And oh, Courtney bit- rings <laughs> on a little pain in the
2: ass. Don't worry, Bilge, I, got him, I got him back one day. I, I, I rang him with one of those people telling me he had a park and We questioned somebody. <laughs> and he was still, he was so blind drunk he was blubbering on. But I've got it on tape if you want to hear it. Oh, I'd love yeah, to hear it. That. That. Yeah, yeah. my, my daughter taped it for me, so it's great. I, I reckon,
1: Jeff, probably with Alpha, you get away with that because we know he's a, a lovable larrikin. But I, I don't know if you'd try the same thing on with uh, Iron Mike Tyson. Now, the reason I bring up Mike is you obviously had some experiences experience in the inner sanctum as a trainer with him as part of maybe his comeback throughout the the mid 2000s uh look beyond what we read in the papers what we see in the little snippets on youtube and on the news from time to time what's the guy really like you obviously got pretty close
2: yeah hundred percent. One of the most generous guys you'll ever meet i'll I'll never forget a day i I love telling the story but i we, we got on the plane all of us in first class and i'm one of those guys as soon as you're on the plane i'll fall asleep really quick when i wake up after we take off and stuff so I fell asleep on the plane. I wake up and I'm sitting at this old lady. I'm thinking, am I dreaming? Or somebody moved me? Mike seen this really old lady get on the plane and she could hardly walk. So he went to the last seat in the economy. Sat there for a whole flight to London. And the little lady sitting first class. Yeah. And I've seen. Really. Him, I've seen him kiss and cuddle kids who who are, yeah, who are sick and unhealthy. And I've seen him give money to people in the streets so many times. And um, you know, I just I just love him. he's my, he's my great friend. And I. Kind of helped you more as a friend than the train. Although I loved yeah. being around him, but it was like you with the Beatles, because like, um, <laughs> when we'd be in the hotel room, you'd look outside and there'd be hundreds of people waiting. If you if you waved the curtain and would see his room, they'd all be screaming, just waiting for him to come out. We'd we'd go in, in the car from the hotel and people would run up the street for, for kilometers in the traffic in London just trying to say hello and so say look um this look we all do things wrong we all make mistakes but um a deep down my cousins a, a really decent human being
1: yeah and you guys share some parallels jeff in that obviously when you were both at your absolute peak that, that that's looked upon as a real golden time for for boxing and then it sort of went a little off the rails maybe 10 12 years ago and it's maybe just getting back to that where we you know we've got the the big heavyweights that are going around obviously Australian boxing there's some great talent you've mentioned coming through do you get that sense that, that that there's a bit of a renaissance in in boxing after some some sort of darkish times?
2: Yeah, definitely so. And back in those years, well, Tyson was one, I was two in the top you know ten pound for pound. So yeah. it was an amazing time. But um, yeah, when I look at it, like I said, um, I don't know if heavyweight anyway, boxing's still the same. But look, there, there's, there's there's a lot more interest in the sport of boxing at the moment. And I think look, if, if people look closely, um, in Australia we've got some amazing young talent. Just hopefully they're, they're going to reach um, their potential and their goals. But like I said, um. I do i do I do see with, with uh, pay t v and mm. uh, all the, all the social media that yeah everything's getting stronger today you know you, you open you know you open one of those ipads and there's boxing all over it. there's you know, different sports all over it. so obviously um it helps and it, it makes it good and it makes it bad as far as i'm concerned um, some of the things I, I see on here are embarrassing, but you know um, yeah. people are, are making money out of it, and you know, that's, that's, that's I think that's what the world's about for hey? everybody, mm. about who's making the most money, you know? And um, yeah, so good luck to them.
1: It's brilliant, Jeff. Uh, the words and terms, hard word, grit, determination, and success are synonymous with your name and obviously generosity and humility as well. And we really appreciate your time here with us on Sports Day for Red Energy, our Aussie icons of sports series. And, Mate.
2: and, and, wait yeah. a minute and don't forget one more thing. I love you all. So. Oh, and that, of course. Well, <laughs> you,
1: you didn't even okay. let me get to it, Jeff. That's, but all, right. that's all good. All right. I tell <laughs> you what, we also wish you all the very best uh, moving forward, obviously, as you continue to uh, mold the minds and the techniques of these young and up and coming superstars. So, again, Jeff, thank you for your time here on the program. And, obviously, when boxing is in the news throughout the year, we'll, we'll, we'll maybe give you another call and get your thoughts on it as well.
2: Great pleasure, guys. Thank you so much for your time, and hopefully uh, people will enjoy the interview. Thank you very much.
1: So amazing to have Jeff Fennick join us through the week. What a life, what a career. He's still heavily involved in boxing, as he's described there, trying to nurture the next generation of incredible boxing talent. But uh, what a life. Uh, and, look, it's one that has a few moments that, had they gone differently, the story might have even been... Even more impressive, but chief, three world titles, three divisions. To be critical of that in any shape or form is a bit of a stretch. What an amazing athlete Jeff Fenwick was at the absolute peak of his powers. Great to have him on the program. And speaking of the program, we're back after this short break. Thanks to First Choice Liquor for All Your Liquor Needs. Badge is going to tell us what he's looking forward to this weekend. Uh, There's a bit going on, so... Good luck uh, deciding what it is that is going to take your fancy the most badge. I'll chime in as well. Uh, and we'll also get ourselves an Australian Open update with Brett Phillips down there at Melbourne Park on standby with some big, big tennis still to come at the pointy end of the Australian Open. Uh, this is Off the Bench. We're back right after this.
0: You're listening to Off the Bench with Benny Jones and Gary Belcher for first choice liquor for all your liquor needs.
1: Yeah, welcome back to the program. It's Betty Jones and Badge Man, Gary Belcher, former league superstar here with you. Hope you're enjoying the show and hope you enjoyed that chat with Jeff Fennick too. What an amazing individual. What an amazing athlete. And what an incredible career he had inside the boxing ring and continues to have outside of it. Uh, before we get to what Badge is looking forward to this weekend, we've got a very important man on standby at Melbourne Park ahead of a massive night. It's uh, well, men's semi-final night. Who will take on Rafael Nadal? in the Australian Open final on Sunday. Not forgetting, too, there's a pretty important game taking place tomorrow night in the women's final as well. Petra Kvitova uh, taking on Naomi Osaka. But to tell us all about the men's match tonight, let's catch up with our man for California Sports Services and also Kia and their Open season. His name is Brett Phillips, and he joins us here on Off The Bench. BP, what's in store for us tonight?
0: A Kia Australian Open Update for Kia Open Season with match-winning deals. Plus, every new Kia comes with a seven-year factory warranty. And California Sports Services, manufacturers and suppliers of the world-class PlexiPave and PlexiCushion tennis court surfaces.
3: Thank you, Benny. Thank you, Badge, as we look ahead to tonight's second men's semi-final featuring the world number one Novak Djokovic up against the 28th seed Luca Buy of France, who's had a terrific tournament. He's in his first Grand Slam semi. He did make the quarters back in 2016 of Wimbledon and the US Open. It was about March of last year that he actually broke inside the top 10. Then he had a poor run for the remainder of the year. Dropped outside the top 20. He's a really good talent. He's won five titles on the ATP 2. He's been a finalist on four occasions. Not your typical Frenchman. He's actually resided in Dubai uh, for the last uh, few seasons. Often training with uh, Roger Federer and uh, fairly hard-nosed. Got a really solid game great win against Ranich in the quarters to get to this stage then you come up against the world number one who will appreciate not having to go the journey against Kane and just to freshen up the body after Nishikori withdrew a couple of nights ago aside from that dropped a sit here or there but Novak's been fairly solid pretty flawless maybe hasn't played at his absolute best just yet which is a little scary heading towards the business end He's his 34th uh, Grand Slam semi-final. If he can win in Melbourne, he, of course, goes past Pete Sampras. He would be two behind the Dale and five behind Federer in the race for the most titles in the history of the game. Look, Novak is just the baseline bully, isn't he? Uh, whether he's defending, whether he's attacking, his angles, his depth, his consistency of hitting, it is just really, really hard for an opposition player to get on top of that. But at boy, like so many, when they try and take on Djokovic, you've just got to be a little bit brave. You've got to have that mindset to come in, um, there's the danger you can be passed, but you've got to back your game in, play close to the lines, and take a few risks. But you've got to back Novak Djokovic tonight to make it through to another Grand Slam final. If it's anything like, if Djokovic does get it against Nadal, if it's anything like a few years ago when they played that six-hour epic, what a way to conclude the tournament. Uh, Brett Phillips here at Melbourne Park. All our updates for Keyes Open Season and California Sports Services, hopefully a decent men's semi. Lads, uh, coming up tonight here at Melbourne Park.
1: Uh, Thanks very much for that, BP, and for all of your work over the past fortnight. It's been greatly appreciated. Some uh, big, big matches to look forward to as the Australian Open wraps up. Uh, Speaking of wrapping up, well, we're not wrapping up the weekend yet, Badge, because it's a long weekend. I'm excited. Australia Day, obviously, a lot of celebrations happening
0: right around the country. Are we off on Monday?
1: Yeah, cool. But you not think we're coming into I work? I don't even
0: know. Well, Australia Day. What a bonus! Yeah, of course,
1: Australia Day falling on a Saturday means the Monday becomes the day in lieu, as they describe it. Nor
0: isn't that nicely working for us? But yeah, hey, what are you looking forward to this weekend? Well, well you know, on the back of that talking tennis, i um, Naomi Osaka. I'm hoping. Well, in our punters, I'm got a punters club oh, that's yeah. wrapping up this so there's weekend. There's an ulterior motive to this. And yeah. one of our lads is back <laughs> to her. Uh, it was a bit of a, a bit of an all up bet. Uh, okay. with some earlier stuff with Australia versus. India winning the last oh it was winning or drawing the last – whatever it was the last time. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he's he's got Naomi Osaka. So there's a windfall gonna, there coming yeah, if if a, she gets if up. If she gets up, there's a, a night out at Chinese on our little trip away next week. If uh, she gets up. Looking forward to seeing her play, of course. And um the uh, I'd love you know what I'd love to see, love to hear? Mm-hmm. It won't be it could be across the weekend. I think it I think if the way I, it's going, I know where you're going, it will you'd be love to see the Aussie cricketers back in the dressing room or on the ground singing the victory song. We've got Gee, the. it's been a We've while. got the
1: day off Monday, as I've just uh, discussed. I don't think the cricketers will be doing much on Monday. I'd be very surprised if that yeah. test lasts through to a fifth day. But yeah, let's hope the Aussies can, can get some joy and, and a win. I know we had one against India, but the last two tests were, were pretty slim pickings. Uh, well, other than the long weekend that, that I'm... Thoroughly looking forward to uh, The WBBL final That's mm. going to be a cracker If it's anything like The semi-finals uh, Go the Heat It'll be a beauty But yeah the Heat Taking on the Sixers In the what's been Now anointed The Elise Perry League It's not the Women's Big She's Bash She's been league. amazing but Bat and ball eh, and
0: It's not all one way No no Of course cricket not Cricket there
1: Uh, Sammy Joe Johnson, we're all hoping can put in a star performance for the Heat. She's been very good for the Heat. Uh, And I'm also looking forward to, uh, I'll put my soccer hat on, my football hat back on here, Badge. Uh, The big blue that's an Australia Day tradition now between the Melbourne Victory and Sydney FC. Two sides that don't like each other very much. Big crowd being the long weekend yep. there at Amy Park so uh, I think that'll that's be That's tossed up some beauties over the years How, Oh absolutely yeah yeah some some last minute goals some some little you know malaise here and there too because as I said they just don't like each other so mm. hopefully goals are uh, in order and it should be an absolute And then beauty. of course
0: the men's final on uh, Sunday. Sunday night the men's tennis final yeah. that'll
1: be unreal Yeah absolutely and what a great tournament it has been once again the Australian Open uh, it's, it's a shame we only get to do it once a year but we can't be greedy only allowed to uh, that's fine it's going to be a beauty and we're looking forward to it uh, Badge in Enjoy your long weekend, uh, whatever it entails.
0: Yes, I'm uh, excited now, and I'll, I'll, I'll see you next week. Benny, well, you excited now. You know
1: you got Monday. Yeah,
0: I, like, I didn't realise. Like so a lot of people. Yeah. Get, the, uh, yeah. get the fishing rod and the surfboard Absolutely, out. Absolutely, mate. Couldn't think of anything better. Roll out it. the barbie. Beautiful.
1: And uh, don't forget to pop into First Choice Liquor across the weekend as well, because they've got all your liquor needs taken care of. This has been Off the Bench uh, once again. Obviously, big thank you, Jeff Fettick, who we caught up with earlier in the week. What a great chat that was with Jeffrey. Uh, we hope you have a great Australia Day long weekend, and we'll catch you same time next week right here on off the bench.